welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. To make a suggestion. To be in Jesus. To be in Jesus in this context, yes. Okay, so Josh, you're making a... Uh, a statement there in that you are defining the truth as Jesus yeah so if you want to say I'm happy to be in Jesus then we've defined Jesus as the truth yeah is that okay everybody because I don't want I don't want to just sort of march along and people going "Eh, not sure I get that or not sure I agree okay okay so I'm happy to be in Jesus, alright? Because um, that is a big that's a big step when we think of Jesus as the truth. Um, so what is the what does truth mean to you? What come on, tell me what the truth is. What's the truth? Because that's a strange word, isn't it? What's the truth? Because we've defined it as Jesus. Okay, well, let's let's define just the, the truth. Okay, we're going to sing, I'm happy to be in the truth. But what does it mean to us? Do you want to make a suggestion? The Word. Pardon? The Word. The Word, yeah. Okay, the Bible. All right. Okay. Is that what you meant by the Word? The Bible? Yeah. 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 Okay. So the word is truth. Yeah, that's good. What else? I guess the truth always just depends on the perspective of the person. Ah, okay. That's really, okay. That's a great point. Okay, because we sort of, we we live now, don't we, in a, in a, in a society, in a world, in, in lots of different cultures, where there are many truths. And it's, ah, I'm not sure how it works. Um, how does it work? Because, really, actually, for there to be order and you know everybody to be safe, surely that only works if there's one truth that we all believe. Okay? One line that we all walk along. Okay? So how can it work if this is truth, this line here, but like Josh shares, well, from from Fred's, let's call him Fred. Fred lives life over here, and Fred sees truth differently. Okay? Now, does he have another version of the one truth, or does he have another truth? Oh. You see, because that's really quite important now, because where do you plant Jesus? Right? Because we've just said Jesus is the truth. So, is this Jesus? Or is this Jesus? And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get you all like rattled. But I can know what I mean, and I can know what I understand, and how I see it. Well, you might see it completely differently. You see, and the problem is, 
Yes, but you need to see it my way because my way is the truth. Oh, why? Okay. <laughs> so in all that, we have Jesus who is the truth. And I, you know, I obviously agree with that. And the word of God, which is the truth. Okay. But <laughs> you could, in this hugely varied society world that we live in now, you could have lots of people who would sing that, right? I'm happy to be in my truth, right? Yeah? Because that's what they mean. That's what you mean when you sing it. When I sing, I'm happy to be in the truth. Well, it's mine. It's the one I think is true. Okay? So, how do I relate to? How do I love the guy over here who doesn't believe in God? So his truth is there is no God. And he's happy that there's no God. And that's the truth for him. Okay? So do I say to him, well, sorry, you're a liar. Because <laughs> right? that's not true. Because the truth is, there is a God. Right? Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I need to work out my salvation in the context of my relationships with everybody else. Okay? Because the Bible says, don't say you love God if you don't love one another. Right? So what does loving someone who has another truth or another version of the truth look like. And hopefully, well not hopefully, I say with absolute certainty, during the course of this school, you will learn, and by experience, what love looks like, what loving yourself looks like, what loving God looks like, and what loving uh, the people God puts around you like. Without having to you know, get them to, you know, get them to this, like, true north, alright? So, it's just important for us to know what we mean by it, right? But for us to be aware that even in this room, there are people for whom that phrase means something different to what it means to you in, at some point, right? Ooh, ding, 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 ding. Oh, there. Oh, oh, there. And that's okay, right? It doesn't um, in any way undermine the truth. Okay, I've said this before and I say it I say it over and over again because I say it to myself to remind myself. It's true whether or not you believe it, whatever it is. Okay. It doesn't become true when you decide to believe it. Okay. The chair will hold Rebecca up. Okay. It's strong enough. Now, okay, she discovered that truth when she sat on it. Yeah? It didn't collapse. But it was strong that it was strong I'm just making the obvious point. It was strong enough to support her before she sat on it and discovered it. So in other words, it was true before she discovered it was true. Yeah? Okay. And Jesus 
it's the truth even before we discovered it. So let's go on a journey of discovery. And can you do me a favour? Just humour me. Alright, and I'm not trying to control you. But if your hands could go beyond horizontal, at least for that line, okay, not all day, just for like 30 seconds while we sing that line. It's just the way of your body responding. Is that is that too manipulative to suggest you might just you know not just sing the line I will daily lift my hands. I'm I'm not gonna make you dance, okay. <laughs> but if you wanna dance that's fine. Okay. Over the mountains and the sea, the river runs to love for me. I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to hear the truth. I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down. I will sing of the one song um, and um, gonna watch a little video now you may have seen this before you may not if you want to find a seat around here um, I want you all to just close your eyes once you've found the seat um, that way you won't read what it says on the top of the screen and destroy the moment alright is that okay so, we just need to press the button. It's just, it doesn't save, um, well, it doesn't matter. It takes a couple of clicks to find the thing that I want. Especially the one that won't take it off standby. So, nobody look. Just talk amongst yourselves. Or not, as the case may be. Hello, my name's Andy. Somebody wants to turn the lights off. We'll make it a bit more like um, a uh, cinema. Because we we talked about... We sang over the mountains and the seas. And... uh, this, I, I, I never cease to love watching this. So this is 15, 14 minutes of your life. All right? And hopefully God... Let's show you a couple more starts. Anybody in This space? one is called the Vela Pulsar. <laughs> and it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnet, magnetized neutron star. Right. It simply means this star exploded into a supernova. And in the case of... The Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity, and as the pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. 
That doesn't seem to move anybody tonight, so let's encourage you to you get back to the hotel to oscillate 11 times a second on your axis, and you will appreciate the Bella Pulsar in a different way. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. And so not only do we have this amazing photograph, but we're determined to hear somebody speaking to us. And so through SETI and other highly advanced um, electromagnetic telescope programs, we're listening to the universe day and night. And I don't know if you know this or not, but when I say we, I mean we as in your tax dollars are paying large sums of money to build radio telescopes that circle the earth to continually listen to see if anybody out there is speaking to us. Today we have not heard any intelligent life speaking back to us, but we have gotten something for our money because when they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what, what, what does all that mean? I don't know what it means, but I, I don't want to you know, go too crazy here. But maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3. And says, it says, praise Him, sun and moon and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise Him. Well, how are we going to praise Him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to Him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. It's about um, 16,700 light years away from where we are. And you can see just this brilliant, it looks like a sort of he shoved a lot of diamonds together into a pile. It's an um, unbelievable number of stars there. Look at these, they blow up that central place right there. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. 23 millisecond pulsars are there, and we've recorded 16 of them. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. section. He's 
that beautiful? And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down at verse 7. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all people. So now He's bringing us in. We've got the heavens. We have the host. We have the stars, the sun, the moon. And now He says to the earth, and He names everything on the earth in some form or fashion, and then He brings in us, kings of the earth, verse 11, and all people, princes, and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. I love that he starts with you great sea creatures. We were in Hawaii a few months ago and it was whale season there and, and I was captivated by these giant beasts and they, they seemed like they were putting on a show for us. They'd splash up and roll over and spout and blow and it was beautiful. And as we were talking to some of the natives about the whales and asking all these questions, how do they get here every year and how do they know to come to the same place to have their, their young, their offspring and how do they know how to journey? And he said, oh, you know, the whales Whales, one of the main ways they get around is through the whale songs that they sing. And I got Psalm 148 all inside of me, and I'm like, no kidding, I, 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 I'm sure they do. And so I got to figure out what the whales sing. And so I start doing a little research and I go online to find the whale songs. And I just want to bring it to you because some of you living in Minnesota and don't even know where an ocean is. And so the, the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. And I had this crazy idea, and I, I, um, I don't know if you know what a mashup is or not, but I had this crazy mashup idea. And I started trying to think, what would it be like to be God? Because we so elevate our, our songs, and this is no comment on, on what we sung tonight. I'm a songwriter, and I believe in artists, and I, I believe in what we do in corporate worship through song and through music, and one of the expressions of our worship. But I don't think we have a clue, because we don't know the expanse of the worship 
that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because He is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what He hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. I, I brought this guy in. Um, he's um, not somebody that we had uh, going already, but um, I brought one guy in. He, he should, you should be hearing him by now. I don't know. Are we, are we on? Yeah, if we could get you a little more volume, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Just even a little more volume would be fantastic. Thank you. I'm kind of maxed out here. There we go. This guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy.
the truth is the heavens <coughs> declare the glory of God and so does the earth and we play our part um, and I just want us to experience more of that okay more freedom to be who God created us to be so that we can enjoy the things that he has planned for us to do so who can remember there are some people are excused he says not looking too directly what we talked about last week <laughs> well we were going on a journey weren't we um, we'd been on a journey and we, were, we played Who Am I yeah have you ever played the game Who Am I no oh well I think we should play it at least once for the benefit of Elisa okay um, so you know how to play yeah okay so think of a famous person mm-hmm. alright and we have got 20 questions <clears throat> in order to discover the person that uh, Josh is thinking of and he can only answer our questions yes or no now last week there was there was a couple of spectacular performances wasn't there because I think it only took how many questions eight something like that okay so we'll go for eight <laughs> although we got 20 we're trying we're trying to guess in less than eight so have you thought of somebody yeah. Josh they can be well you know right okay so would you like ask ask a question he can only answer yes or no mm-hmm. we're trying to discover who he is um, don't try and be it, too complicated is an American person no so not American okay <laughs> the person female no no Come on, there's, there's plenty of options to choose from. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay. So it's, it's a man, yeah. it's not American. <laughs> Let's try and narrow it down a bit. 18 left. Um, just a person, English? Yeah. English? Oh. Was he on TV before? Yeah. So he's been on TV, Sharon? Is he alive? Yeah. yeah. Is he under 30? No. Okay. So an Englishman on TV over thirty. So is he is he um, bringing the news in? The news, like, is he? Does he read no, the news? No. no. Is he a politician? No. <laughs> is he a sportsman? <laughs> yeah. Sportsman, English sportsman over thirty. Is he a successful football? Successful footballer. <laughs> oh no! Come on, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can ask a good, great question. Play for a Manchester team. Uh, yeah. He does. Mm. Oh, he did. He did. Right. Okay. So play for Manchester City. All right. Okay. Um, uh, um, well, we're up, to, we're up to ten. <laughs> uh, David Beckham. Yeah. Oh. So we, you know, we've been looking at the fact that we are chosen, 
We are royal. We are we used that weird word, didn't we? Beloved. Okay. And then we last week we talked about being we are holy. Which was quite interesting. So um and as, and as part of that journey of discovery, I asked you to name some people in the Bible, apart from Jesus, who you would have said were holy. Okay, so name some biblical characters, apart from Jesus, who you think are, you would describe as holy. Anybody? Come on. Enoch. Enoch, yeah. Anybody? Come on, there's plenty. We're not going around in a circle, just shout them out. John. John, yeah. Come on, you know your Bible a bit better than that. Sorry? Peter. Peter, yeah. We're just going to keep going until you shout out the one I want. So, there's, you know, you need to, you need to move along the bus a bit. Come on. Uh, Sorry? What? Is it the Old Testament? Uh, Old Testament, okay, alright, Old Testament. Okay. <laughs> Adam. Adam? No. Good but wrong. Moses. Moses, good but wrong. Abraham. Abraham, good but wrong. Jesus. Noah. <laughs> Noah, good but wrong. Solomon. No, good but wrong. David! David! Woo! Right, okay. Have you ever had to introduce yourself to somebody really, really important? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. My name's so and so, and I am right. And 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 give a bit of a like a clue as to you know why you are who you are. You done that? Who, who have you had to introduce yourself to? Um, Kevin Spacey. Really? Ah! <laughs> so what did you say? I just said, uh, "Hi, I'm Josh." I, I, it's very informal. <laughs> yeah, it's no, very it's fine. Informal. But did, you gave you a bit of background information. Um, so, d- did you get beyond "Hi, I'm Josh"? Yeah, we we talked a little right. bit. Okay, about and you, you gave him a bit of background. Yeah. Okay. I'm an actor. Right. Yeah. I'm an actor. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, get into the get into the zone, right? <clears throat> you are God. I know that's easier for some of you than others. Oh, right, and you are writing a book because God wrote the book. Yes, yeah. We, we're all okay with that truth. Yeah, nobody's dissenting at that point. God wrote the book. Okay, right, and it's time not for Josh to be introduced to Kevin Spacey, but for God to introduce Jesus to the world. Okay, so we're at that point in history where God is writing a book and in the book he's, he gets to the point in the story where he says okay world here's my son Jesus what would you write come on just imagine what would you write if you were going to write it you just got one sentence what are you going to put You have to speak up a bit. <laughs> Come on. So, it, so 
God was writing the book. God's writing. Actually, that's right. God, well, actually, okay, okay. Hang on, hang on. Let, okay. God's whispering okay. in Matthew's ear because Matthew wrote this bit of the book. All right. So God's mate Matt is ghostwriting. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ghost, probably bad word. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, help me, Jesus. Right? Okay. Right. So we're at the point in the story where God is introducing Jesus into the plot. All right. So I know this is really obvious, but if I were writing, right? It would go, okay, I need to introduce to you this incredible person. He's just, a, sorry, that's more than one sentence. Okay. <laughs> He's just the most amazing person you will ever meet because he is my son. Then people would get a pretty good idea of who this Jesus person is. Yeah? God would describe him as my son. Yes? We would all do that if we were writing the book. Should we see what he actually put? Okay? So this is Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. This is a book about the ancestry, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the son of... What? The son of Abraham! What? David? God, you just sort of... God, you missed a great opportunity there to forever let everybody know Jesus was your son. But he didn't. He chose instead to introduce Jesus to the world as the son of David. (laughs) Why? Well, you can go away and figure that out. (laughs) But I just find it quite incredible that God would be so comfortable in his own identity right that he can allow Jesus to be identified with someone else now you may think oh Andy we have a phrase in English we call it splitting hairs you're familiar with that term yeah so you know you just you're not really you know it doesn't really matter but it does matter okay it does matter because one of the reasons it matters is it points us or it points me and because you're sat here it points you to David because Jesus is happy to be identified as the son of David Mm. so what was it about David then that we can discover that would help us understand why Jesus was happy to be called the son of David. Because if you if you read in the uh, 
in the um, in the Gospels, if you read through all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right, that isn't the only time that happens. Right, happens at least sixteen times. Right, and when the blind guy is begging, have mercy, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Right, which leads us to, you know, assume or even we, you know, there's some evidence if if this blind guy wants, because maybe there are a few people called Jesus. I don't know. Maybe it was a popular name, you know. So we needed to know that it was Jesus Davidson, yeah, David's son, Davidson, right? So. <laughs> He wasn't Jesus Almighty, God's son. He was Jesus David's son. Everybody called him Jesus, son of David, right? That was how the, the, the blind guy wanted, you know, he didn't want any old Jesus. He wanted Jesus, the son of David, to have mercy on him and pray for him. Okay? He didn't even shout, Jesus, son of God, right? Jesus, son of David. Okay. So. It's out there, Jesus, son of David. So, okay, right. Well, let's have a look at um, David for a little while this morning, okay? Because there's some, there's a, there's a, at least two. What I find really, really interesting things that happen in David's life that just if you were God, you wouldn't do it that way, okay? Is that all right? And in that, we discover a bit more about God. <laughs> okay, so we all, we're all familiar with David, yeah? Okay, so we're, gonna, we're just going to delve into the story of David, and you're going to pretend you've never heard this story before. Okay, it's always a great way to read the Bible. Just pretend you've never read it before. And that way, you just push to one side all the things you thought the last time you read it <laughs> and you can actually appreciate it for today you know I mean we we had fish and chips tea last night okay and I made a big mistake okay well I made two big mistakes the first big mistake was I bought because I was cooking I bought cheap chips alright cheap Aldi chips and the second mistake was I told Sharon before we ate them. So in our heads, right? You know, with oh, I, you know, we not, we like the nice Tesco crinkle cup or whatever chips it is, and we've got that flavour because that's what your brain does to you. You got that flavour, like mm, I'm expecting that flavour, I'm expecting that flavour, but I know I'm not going to get that flavour because these chips didn't come from Tesco and aren't crinkle cut. They came from Aldi and cost eighty five p. Right, for a huge bag, <laughs> on a one and a half kilogram bag. <laughs> I'll show you how to shop. <laughs> the food tastes naff, but don't cost much. Anyway, so no, what, why, why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? You see, you see, we don't we don't appreciate and we don't realise that actually. We do a lot of things in life and we go through a lot of experiences with 
all the previous versions of the chips, right? In you know, in there, and it's sometimes quite hard just to start at the beginning and treat this as a you know, I I'm going to allow this chip in its own right to taste how it tastes, right? They were bad though. <laughs> anyway, but why am I saying that? I'm saying that to say, you know, we all think we know the story of David, and we may know the story of David, um, but I want you to look at it with fresh eyes, okay? Because it's quite fascinating what happens, all right? So, um, if you want to go, uh, if, you, if you're going to follow in your Bible, you need to go to 1 Samuel 16, okay? Uh, because um, this is this is where we pick up this bit of the story. So um, the Jews uh, need a new king, want a king, want a king, want a king, and um, Samuel, uh, the prophet, uh, is uh, is the guy who's going to deliver uh, the new king to Israel. So Samuel's a man on a mission, right? He's, okay, Jesus, um, not Jesus yet. Okay, God, Father. Well, he could have prayed to Jesus as well, couldn't he? Holy Spirit, where is the new king? So he's, he's going round. Um, and uh, if, you, if we read from uh, verse 1 of chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil... I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Okay, so there you go. God's God spoken to Samuel, so he's now on a ma- he's a man on a mission. He's off. To, he's got his oil, his anointing oil, and he's going off to Bethlehem. Now, Samuel, in those days, was probably one of the most important people imaginable who could turn up at your house. All right, it's like Angela Merkel. Excuse me, I'm coming around tomorrow. All right, or you know, I don't know. Really, quite significant for us, it would be the prime minister or the queen or, or something like that. Come into your house, okay? Right, really, 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 really beyond important, okay? Like, <gasps> all right, really, really important, okay. So, Samuel turns up, and, and the, the, like the town council in verse 5, okay, they're trembling. They're, they're really quite scared. And uh, have, you, have, you, have you come in peace? You know, because back then, you know, the, 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 the God, the, the prophet, the guy who's representing God, if God was angry and the prophet turned up, you didn't want him to come to your town, right? So, have you come in peace? Yes, yes, it's, it's okay, I've come, I've come in peace, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord, get yourself ready, you know, you go through the rituals that they had, and, um, and we'll, we'll have the sacrifice. So he says to Jesse, right, okay, I need to see your sons, alright? So Jesse brings out son number one, Eliab, right, the eldest, and Samuel's thinking, oh, this, he's got to be the eldest one. And God says to Samuel, don't look on his appearance or his height, 
I have rejected him. God does not see as man sees, but God, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Okay, so God's looking at what's going on on the inside. So, then Jesse brings brings the rest of the sons along, and Samuel's going, this one, no. This one, no. This one, no. Okay? And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, I mean, this is just, what? Oh! Right, verse 10. The Lord has not chosen any of them. Ouch! (laughs) So, bearing in mind, the most important guy in the country has just turned up and he wants to he wants to say hello to all your all your boys. Yeah? All your boys. All your boys. <laughs> what is Jesse doing? What? So Samuel says, You haven't got any more kids. Has <laughs> there any more? Right? Verse eleven. He says to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And there's this amazing moment where Jesse goes, I've got another one! (laughs) (laughs) That's like, you are having a laugh. You are absolutely having a laugh. You know, if Angela Merkel or the Queen or whoever says, I'm coming to your house, I want to meet all your kids. You do not leave one at the bottom of the garden looking after the sheep do you? who does that? okay but Jesse did now how do you think that made David feel? because he must have known what was going on you know he must have known what was going on it's okay David don't worry don't worry nothing's happening nothing's happening you just keep looking after the sheep off you go take your packed lunch you know Take him to that field, you know, up the top of the hill. The grass is really good up there. You know, we'll see you tonight. Right? There is one. Yet, the youngest, he is tending the sheep. And Samuel says to Jesse, You better go and get him. Because we're not doing anything till he gets here. So Jesse sends sends for uh, David, and David comes, and Samuel looks at him, and God says to him, "Arise, anoint him. He is the one." So David goes from being the outcast, right, the one that isn't even invited to the celebration, and. His dad has decided he's not important, he's got nothing to, you know, whatever. But God says, bring him here. Because we're not doing anything till he gets here. Right? And God says to you, come here, in that sense. I want you to get a picture of how precious David was to God. He could have picked anybody. Picked David. 
God could pick anybody, but he's choosing each of you. He's choosing me, right? You're chosen. And then God says, look, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make sure you understand that you're chosen and that you're special. <laughs> so I'm going to pour this oil all over you, right? Anyway, right? But you've got the, right, okay, you've got the seal. Boom! 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 You're anointed! Shh! Right? <laughs> Bear in mind, we're in the Old Testament now, right? So you can go from being not anointed to being anointed when the holy man has put the holy oil on you, right? And we live in the New Testament, okay, where the Holy Spirit has, you know, indwelt us. So we are anointed. Okay. Well, why is that significant? Because, and this is where you have to, you have to sort of pretend you don't know the story. You would think now, okay, having gone from, having had such a dramatic experience, David would never be in any doubt that... I'm anointed. The world stopped that day when Samuel came to town and poured the oil on me. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. And you know, like you would, you think you would never forget that day, would you? You would absolutely. You would just like that would be there. I'm God's anointed. I'm God's anointed. I'm God's chosen one. I'm God's chosen one. Now, if that didn't qualify you for holiness, I don't know what did, right? I mean, what more can you get? You know, the holy man of God, the prophet, has come and poured oil and said, you're going to be king. Wow. You don't need any more confirmation, do you? I mean, that's it. You're on it. Okay, so, you would think then, he would just live the most amazing life. Because he's God's chosen, anointed, we have a phrase, a cheesy phrase in English, he's the man of power for the hour. Okay? He's the... Right. So, why is it then that David gets into bother? What do I mean by that? Well, there's this story in the second book of Samuel, chapter 11, which you're pretending you don't know, right? All right? Now, David is now king, okay? So, been anointed for to become king, and he is now king. And it seemed to be a bit of a tradition in those days, little Jewish history lesson, okay, that when winter was finished and spring came, spring was a great time to have a fight, don't ask me why, but it says here, right, in 2 Samuel, chapter 11, in the spring, verse 1, when kings go to battle. What? Oh, it's spring! It's the 1st of March or the 15th of April or whatever. It's spring, let's go to war! Right? In the spring... Don't blame me, I didn't write it, God wrote it, you know. So, in the spring, when kings go to battle, David sent someone else. <laughs> Big mistake. Right? 
He says, when kings go to battle, David sent Joab. Oh. Because Joab was like the captain of his army. He sent Joab, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. Okay? So they went and had a big war, right? Because it was spring. But David stayed at home in Jerusalem. (sighs) So one evening, you know, David's just enjoying the spring air. He's having a wander round on the roof. Okay? And he spots this lady having a bath. And she was very lovely. Oh dear. Oh dear. Because he was clearly attracted to her. So we uh, we set off down a road here that, that is never going to end well. Right? It is just not going to end well. So what happens next David sends sends for her inquires about the woman and this is Bathsheba the wife of Uriah and David can't help himself and uh, he has sex with her and uh, it's just you know it's just a bad idea okay someone else's wife and then it turns out to be even more of a problem because she's having a baby. Okay, right. Um, so David's got a bit of a problem here. Uh, so David sends a message to Joab, the captain of the army, and says, Excuse me, excuse me, Joe, you need to send uh, Uriah. Send Uriah the Hittite home. He needs to have a bit of weekend leave. He needs to have some R&R. I'm sure he's worn out fighting. He needs to come home and have a bit of quality time with his wife. So, um, Joab (laughs) sent Uriah back back to Jerusalem. And David says, um, how's Joab? How's the war going? (laughs) What? And then David says to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet and, uh, you know, have a, have a nice party and just have a nice weekend. But Uriah is very, very loyal to the army and he, he slept at the door of the king's house and he didn't go to his own house. So David just gets mad and uh, he says to him, you've come from a long journey. Why did you not go down to your house? And... They have this conversation, and um, David's trying to persuade him, obviously, to go and sleep with his wife, so it looks like um, the baby belongs to him. And da-da-da-da-da, and Uriah refuses. Oh, dear. Right, so, David has to concoct another plan. Okay, so he sends a letter to Joab the captain of the army um, and the letter says um, what I want you to do Joab is put Uriah right at the front of the fire, you know the firing line where the heaviest fighting is and then I'll take a step back 
what? This, right, hang on. This is the anointed man of power for the hour, God's chosen king, right? God's chosen king, who one day Jesus would happily be known as the son of. What is he doing? What is he doing? Well, he's, you know, we've, we've had some lust, we've had some adultery, um, now we've got some deception, right? Now we've got a conspiracy, and now we're planning murder. Right? And guess what happens? Uriah dies. Uriah gets killed. <laughs> so, how can the anointed man of God behave in this way? You see, because if you were God, right, or if I was God, it would work much better for my reputation, right? If I said to whoever I needed to do something for me, right, I'm thinking about, right, okay, I really need, we'll not pick anybody in the room, I really need John to do this, just, just do this, do this really, really special thing for me. So, Actually, what I'd, it'd be a great idea if John just does all the horrible stuff that he needs to do in his life just to get it out of his system. So if he needs to murder anybody, just, just go and do that and serve your time or, or whatever it might be. Just do all your sinning. Let's use that word, right? And then when you get to the end of that, you'll be... And, you're not, and I know you, I can rely on you to not do anything stupid. Then I'll send Samuel and you'll get the oil. Okay, so you do your sinning, then you get anointed, and then you live this wonderful life and you don't give God any headaches. That's how we'd like We'd like that, wouldn't we? That would be, that would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice and simple and straightforward. But God goes, Dave! Dave, come here, come here. I know you're only thirteen, whatever, fourteen. I know, I know all you know. All you know to do is, you know, sheep and play the harp. But I just really love you. I just, I just love you so much, Dave. And I want you to know how much you're loved. Shh, it's some oil, right? The symbol of, you know, God's choosing you. I really love you, Dave. I really love you, Dave. 20 years later or however many Dave what are you doing have you forgotten that I love you how much I love you why are you doing that Dave why are you, why are you, why are you doing that stuff Dave but I want you to know Dave I still love you I still love you I loved you before you were even born I I love you as much as the, the day you were born I love you as much as the Dave, Samuel poured the oil on you. This is not who you are, Dave. Right? This really is not who you are. You know, you've just like lost lost sight of who you are. Right? Samuel did not rise from the dead, come back and scrape the oil off. Right? Oh, sorry, sorry, made a mistake. Made a big mistake there. 
Maybe it was son number one after all. Right? Can we just like rewind history? Jesse, you know, get your get your sons out. No. Right? I, I'm just being I'm just you know, I'm being really, really stupid. But the point is a lot of us would think, oh well, you know, I had this experience with God, right? God was so real. And then I went off and found myself doing things. Surely now, I'm like, that's it. That's it. You know, at least in my head, the oil has been put on another. Well, it hasn't. Okay? It hasn't. We're still as anointed as we were before we were born. (laughs) We are still. Right? We're still in that place. And I just, I, I, I just so, Psalm 89 and verse 3 says, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, your seed I will establish forever and I will build up your throne for all generations. Now I'm not elevating, please, David above Jesus or anything like that. But I am trying to get you to see that you know, we had we had some lust, we had some adultery, we had conspiracy, we had murder. You know, it's a pretty good list of things that would disqualify you from being anointed after you've been anointed. You, yeah, yeah, you would agree. And yet, by the time Jesus turns up, he is introduced to the world as the son of David. hear me carefully when I say this maybe that stuff that we would think we might think oh well that definitely disqualifies Dave it clearly didn't disqualify him did it which means God looks at your stuff probably different to the way you look at the stuff you do now I am not saying well therefore don't matter don't matter don't matter do what you like because you can and it really doesn't matter but actually if you read Psalm 51 the anguish that David felt when he realised what had happened right well let's just have a look at it see because Jesus hasn't come yet right so he's not David's not in the privileged position that we're in right have mercy on me O God according to your steadfast love according to the multitude of your tender mercy and loving kindness blot out in other words wipe away my transgressions wash me thoroughly and repeatedly from my iniquity and guilt and cleanse me and make me wholly pure from my sin I mean this is one desperate guy wouldn't you agree 
this is somebody who thinks there's messing up and then there's what I've done <laughs> right I am conscious of my transgressions my sin I acknowledge them my sin is ever before me against you you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight purify me create in me he even says hide your face from my sins blot out my guilt and my iniquity create in me a clean heart renew a right spirit in me don't send me away from your presence don't take your Holy Spirit from me restore to me the joy of your salvation and so it goes on so it goes on we could spend a whole morning just looking at Psalm 51 but David was desperate to know that there was forgiveness and restoration even for him because he'd been chosen and he'd messed it up now you may be a person who you think oh well that's okay because I don't think I've ever messed up and that's fine great and I'm not telling you this so that when you're 35 and this happens you'll be able to go it's okay happened to David it's alright don't worry (laughs) please I am not in any way um you know, saying it's all you know, it's all okay. It is all okay, but at the end, but but the you know, the reality is, ultimately, that stuff that we do that is actually just us forgetting who we really are and just being selfish. Nobody else matters. I'm the only person that matters. I'm going to do all. That's not God's design for us. Okay. God's designed us to be in relationship with Him. Okay. And that's when life really just goes well. Okay. And that's what David wanted back because he thought he'd lost it. Okay. And God restored him big time. So much so that Jesus was happy to take his name. Right? I am. Um, we have a son and a daughter. And um, our son, well, our daughter has a son. Okay. Well, she has two sons now. And I am not, please, this is not my favourite, I'm not like saying this is my favourite grandson, but there was something that was incredibly thrilling when my son had a son, right? Because that meant my name was going to carry on, right? Because I'm a son, see, so I'm Britain, my dad was Britain, he was obviously son, son, so Tim is a Britain and Reuben is a Briton right and it's great we're building a dynasty okay well we're we're just the latest in a long line of Britain 
Now this might sound blasphemous, okay, but I'm going to say it anyway. God didn't mind that Jesus was the latest in a long line of Davids. This is Jesus, David's son. I just say that, right, not to in any way to be blasphemous, but to, to get you to see that it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. Right? David did some stuff. But God, somehow it's okay, right? It's not about you. It's not about what you do. It's about him. You and him doing life together. And how do I know that? How do I know that? Well, you need to look in Acts chapter 13. Okay? And Paul... Uh, is giving a bit of a speech here, um, giving giving a bit of background to a bit of a history lesson, okay. And I just want to dive in at verse twenty of Acts chapter thirteen. It says, "After that, he gave them that's the people of Israel uh, judges until the prophet Samuel. Then they asked for a king." And God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. And when he had deposed him, he raised up David to be their king. Of him he bore witness and said, I have found David. I have found. God has found. You. I have found David, the son of Jesse. A man after my own heart. Uh. Who will do my will, carry out my program fully. Not that it's about carrying out God's program. A man after God's heart. Who committed a bit of lust? Right? It just doesn't mention that bit. Right? A man after my own heart. And I want you to know that you are men and women with that same heart. Right? Because God has found you and chosen you and anointed you. Right? Because we stand in Jesus, and in Luke 4 it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he has chosen me and anointed me. And he's quoting from Isaiah. Right? Right? So you're in there. You're like in it. And you can't get out. <laughs> ah, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in. You are in. Right? You are anointed. You are chosen. You are holy. You are men and women after God's heart. So, 
Which side's my heart? That's a, is, it, is it left? Yeah. Right, okay. Hand on heart then. Go on. I trust you to put your hand on your own heart. <coughs> and if you say after me, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You have chosen me. You have chosen me. You have anointed me. I am a man or woman after your own heart. I have a heart like you, God. Let's say it that way. I have a heart just like you, God. I have a heart just like you, God. I think the way you think. I love the way you love. I love the way you love. I do life the way you love doing life. I do life the way you love doing life. Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.